I've been thinking about projections and stereotypes um, and perception because, you know, our perception is pretty unreliable, uh, even though it's essential in order to get by as a being in the world. But <clears throat> how these things um, help us and how they get in the way of our being fully present, particularly with other people. You know, how important it is to really see and be present with the people that we're with or the people in our families or the, the people that we know or, or um, come into contact with. And sometimes we can be in a relationship for many years, but somehow not really see who's in front of us. And so I, I just was um, thinking about, you know, the, the, the teachings of the Buddha are really so, so focused on our being present with the way things are and actually seeing the way things actually are. And that is one way of describing awakening. That enlightenment is really to see the way things actually are. And so if we, want, if we take a look at various aspects of our experience and put attention on whether or not we're actually seeing the way things actually are in this instance, then there's, there's a, an opportunity there to practice. It's an opportunity to work with delusion, which is maybe the most tricky and, and elusive of the three roots of of suffering, the three poisons, greed and hatred are a little easier to track. You know? <laughs> but delusion by its very nature is is more is more challenging in some ways, more elusive, more cagey. So when I think about projections and I'm not, I'm not a psychologist, so these terms, you know, projection and even stereotypes, are, they're kind of technical terms in the psycho psychological realm. Uh, and I might not use those terms in the way that um, someone might, um, you know, some kind of definition of of what that is, but the way I experience it, and this is really what I want to get down to, how do we experience these things? One of the ways I experience it is that we have um, um, projections about people and um, we may also be the recipient of projections. Excuse me just a second. <laughs> Whenever I have to blow my nose when I'm giving teachings, I think about um, a time when I was in ministry school and one of the associate ministers blew his nose up on the, up at, up on the stage at the podium and people complained. 
So it was this big discussion about, well, what, what should you do? <laughs> Turn around and blow your nose. Zoom is great. You just lead over a little bit. You're off the screen. I could have muted, you know. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Maybe this has to do somewhat with the topic, actually. You know, you think the minister shouldn't have to blow their nose. You know, this is part of the of the projection of the stereotype of the of of the ideal that we may have. Um, you know, as a nun, uh, someone someone might just meet us uh, momentarily, and you get the feeling of a lot of projection, perhaps, because they think nuns are a certain way, and nuns will judge them in a certain way, or um, you know, they they um, maybe know better than nuns do, or maybe they feel um, worried about themselves in some way and in the presence of the nun that has nothing to do with who we are and in your own life in whatever role you have there are certain ideals and stereotypes and and projections that people might have of you and it's good to recognize them and oftentimes we can feel um, offended or hurt or or maybe even loved by someone who hasn't actually seen us at all <laughs> um, maybe they they want to love the image of who they want us to be and of course it goes both ways um, we might be in a relationship for a long time even I felt like as a parent, it was important to kind of stop and take stock of who this child was now. I remember one particular moment when my daughter was about, oh, I would say maybe 18. And she was standing at the front door about to leave to go somewhere. And I looked at her and I saw her as if I didn't know her before. This young woman, so capable and ready for life. And it's not the view you have of this baby, this little girl, this child that you've raised. Unless you really, I mean, I found, make an effort to look afresh and see her. So this is something that I feel like really can bring opportunities to our practice. You know, not to get caught up in the stereotypes and, you know, our preconceived ideas or our developed ideas about people. Um, and and not accept or not realize or not consider how they are changing. And our preconceived ideas about ourselves. And not consider how we're changing. Sometimes a memory will come up from the past. And I'll go, oh God. <laughs> I did that. 
or I said that, or I acted that way. And then I think, you know, that person really doesn't exist anymore. I don't know how I just got muted, but I'm back. Um, considering that what I was saying is that, you know, that person doesn't really exist anymore. I need to stop worrying about her. <laughs> uh, she's long gone. And it might be... Um, worth considering, you know, what are the things that we're holding on to about ourselves or about other people or about groups of people, whole countries? You know, I don't know if you've ever lived in a different country or maybe came from a different country, but as an American growing up in the Midwest, it wasn't until I traveled outside the United States that I got a, I feel like a bit more realistic picture of America. And then my first time living abroad really was when I lived in England at the monasteries there, um, Amaravati and Chithurst, and particularly at Amaravati, it's a big monastery. They have a retreat center, they have um, many monks and many nuns and, you know, it's uh, people coming from all over the world, truly international. And people from, from everywhere, Asia and Europe and South America and North America. And, you know, it's just like you start to, well, one thing I started to notice was that there is a reason why stereotypes exist. You see the behaviors. You you know, you think Germans and Italians and uh, Portuguese and French and Vietnamese and Chinese and Japanese and Korean. And, you know, like, as soon as I say these things, images will come into my mind and I assume also into your mind. You know, what what do we think when we hear Colombian or Brazilian or Ca Canadian or American? Just the fact that we call the people from the United States American is a little bit of an indication of what we think about America. We've taken over the whole dang hemisphere. <laughs> We're just, you know, and I'll tell you, there was one visitor from America who acted out the stereotypes so, so it's such technicolor. I was embarrassed, you know. It was like, you know, the the person who says, "I don't have an accent. You people have an accent," <laughs> literally. <laughs> who wants to wash her clothes in the washing machine in the kitchen? That's only for the community laundry. And you say no, and then she does it anyway because she's so entitled, you know. And it's like, wow, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be that kind of American. And then there's also seeing the other side of it. She was afraid of doing kitchen work. You know, you see the, you can, you can see the person, the fears, 
the the burden of trying to be something we're not you know it's like instead of um criticizing her how about looking at what's really happening there you know and and this is the opportunity we have that comes up over and over again and if we use it in the right way we can really develop important qualities You know, this is one of the projections, of course, that you have as a as a teacher, especially a spiritual teacher, is people, I don't even know what the right words are, but this kind of um, adulation, this, <laughs> I'm getting a prompt of, of the words to use, but I'm not sure I can repeat it. <laughs> Sorry, you have to visit to hear that one. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, when people are putting um, someone on a pedestal, as Ajahn Pasano said years ago to me, you know, when, when you get up on that pedestal, it hurts when you fall off. <laughs> And it's very important to not take those projections seriously and also to help people to stop it. You know, I mean, there's a period of time when it might be valuable that people have this kind of ideal and, 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 and be willing. I have to be willing and people in this kind of position of being a monastic or being a teacher being willing to accept a certain amount of that projection without buying into it. Because there might be a value for a period of time of seeing this person as someone who really has the answers, really knows, um, is really 99% perfect. But then there has, it's good if there comes a time when you get more real about it. You see this person as a human being, recognize that they don't know everything and you shouldn't take it all in as absolutely for sure. Um, Even Arahants, they have some pretty quirky personalities, I can tell you. (laughs) And and you you can see that with worldly things, they might, misjudge they might not know they know the dhamma but even the way they present it can be sometimes misunderstood or maybe they're not tuning in in some way to that particular person and so it's it's really valuable to check on ourselves whenever we think this person is like so great, or this person is so bad. It's time to look deeper. Most of the time when we have ideas like that, we're dealing with delusion. You know, falling in love. You can't think of one thing that's wrong with this person. Give it a couple of years. (laughs) If you're paying attention, you'll find it's not quite like that. and and if we 
are willing to not just go from one extreme to another, then we can see who they really are. Because sometimes we go to the other extreme. We can't think of anything good about them. That too is delusion. And in the spiritual kind of uh, arena, if you want to say, (laughs) um, context, having that kind of um, deluded devotion is what gets people into trouble when their ideal person really goes off the rail. And I've, I've talked to a number of people who have had teachers who totally lost the plot and started doing things that were really immoral. And then, and then they're like, they're off of Buddhism. They're done. They're crushed. We should never, never invest in a human being to that degree. We have to be more realistic. See them as a real person. Get to know them. We can get to know each other. We need to get to know ourselves. What the ideas are that we have about ourselves that we've kind of stuck in place. That we haven't really given ourselves enough room, enough latitude, enough flexibility for change, for nuance, for context. We can be a certain way under certain conditions. That doesn't mean that's the way we are. We can see someone else operate under certain conditions, but that doesn't mean that's the way they are. And to take those realities of anicca and anatta, you know, suffering, all three, impermanent suffering and non-self and recognize that this is constantly in flux. It's like physical health. You know, we could say, we could say I'm a healthy person, but I'm not at constant physical good health all the time. It's changing every minute, actually. And so, you know, this is, this is a useful point of practice. You know, to to really be willing to observe, like what what are my what are my concepts around this person or around myself that I'm holding on to? What if I set them aside? Like seeing my daughter at the front door. It's kind of amazing. After how old is she? She's forty five. You know, all these years, I still remember that moment. Because it's so profound. Someone you've known all their lives. How often do we really look at each other? And and I would bet, for most of us, what will come up is a lot of compassion. And that this is the Dhamma. 
You know, the more real we get, the more we're in the Dhamma. And we come to it from that place of loving kindness, of compassion, of being real. This period of time during the pandemic has held so many opportunities for us to see the way things actually are. You know, life does anyway, but things have been, as you know, ratcheted up in terms of intensity. And we shouldn't pass up this opportunity to really fortify our development, our practice on the path. This is really precious. So I think I'll stop there for now and we can do some meditation and then talk about it. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.